Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of fictional worlds, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Kyle. Not me. He's not Ethan. On this episode, we'll be discussing Chosen Ones. That's right. I'm not Ethan. I'm the fucking Chosen One. Well, so the chosen one is like probably the most uh, tropey of tropes in fantasy stories. I hate the chosen one concept in any story when it comes up because it's almost always the most stereotypical, uninspired idea. But so we wanted to talk about right, this. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Sometimes it's great. Like it's great in contexts where it's like um just super well executed or it's it has a, a fresh spin on it but so we wanted to talk about what its implications are on a world like the world would react to the fact that there's a chosen one there's a prophecy that there's somebody who the, who either does exist or theoretically will exist who is a chosen one how does the world react to that we're not going to get into like how do you make like how do you write a chosen one story we're talking we're, we're trying to keep it in the world within context but this is a story trope that should have bigger world building implications than it does in the stories where it appears and some stories have done it better than others it is a trope that is overdone but there are some that really do dive into the meaning of having a chosen one in your world versus just treating it as oh hey this is someone special and we all just kind of accept it all right so in a world where there is a chosen one whether it's Harry Potter or Anakin Skywalker or the the dragon, I think is what, what they call it in the Wheel of Time, whoever the chosen one is, whoever the evil person is who or the evil power that exists, they want to stop them. So you, you have these two poles within, theoretically, the political or just the power scape of this world. And everybody in the middle, theoretically, if, if we're assuming like a pretty positive morality, is going to prefer that the good chosen one win over the evil chosen one, quote unquote. What if they don't agree? What if everybody in a society is kind of against the chosen one, whether it's like they have a Stockholm syndrome situation of they don't really want the the great evil to lose because it's, it's working out okay, or we don't want them to get We don't want to make them angry or like they might lash out at all of us. Right. They they are afraid physically, economically. Yeah, just some sort of fear. Well, so what if you have a chosen one who is prophesized by whomever? Let's say it's a, a religious institution. There's a the temple of the temple of the, the lake has a prophecy that there's some someone's going to come and save the world from an impending crisis. Now, what if over time the temple of the lake what if they're correct that that's that's a prophecy that makes sense but over time their reputation as an institution wanes they become quite disliked in society and when it mm -hmm. and so people start to mistrust that prophecy they start to they start to conflate the current reputation with this like ancient prophecy so nobody wants to believe when this chosen one comes that it's real they're like nah fuck that guy he's not a, he's not a chosen one the temple of the lake are just a bunch of fucking schemers they are just a bunch of grifters they want us to give them money they want us to support the chosen one to become king or whoever whatever because they want they want a stooge in there it's about power and they they screwed themselves over by 
losing reputation when when it mattered because no one would believe them. It's the, you know kind of the boy who cried wolf, but in the context of a chosen one. Well, and it wouldn't even have to be the boy who cried wolf. It could have been you know the temple of the lake taking such great care to prepare for the coming of the lord of the lake right that they are just everything that they are very humanly things way out of proportion they're like everyone needs to set aside a day we're going to celebrate this they're like well we have to still go farm we need to be able to fish in the lake our livelihood depends on it. they're like nope this is all preserved for the lord of the lake now like well that's kind of a problem like i got oh, interesting i gotta eat right yeah so, so like it's, it's not even necessarily you could take it a malicious way that's very that would be very interesting storytelling but i think it might be more interesting to say these are just things that they think they need to do to prepare right and it without care you know they prioritize this chosen one over over the like, needs of the people that yeah. the chosen one is supposed to help right creating kind yeah. of like a bit of a in thinking about that like it, it gives me it reminds me of and i haven't read the wheel of time series i've just watched the first season of the show which was admittedly like so so but i just watched one the of, first couple episodes but like one like the a key part of that especially the first season is that there is a chosen one and there is this uh there's like the the dragon re re reborn or whatever and then there's those the the white tower with all the the mages all, all the, the mage ladies the Aes Sedai there's the dragon reborn and there's the Aes Sedai and the Aes Sedai seem to be and I again not an expert wheel of time like that they are dedicated to this dragon reborn and they will pursue it at, at, at any cost it matters a fuck ton to them and not necessarily to anybody else and they're like kind of disliked by all of society one because they're powerful and two probably because they're focused on the wrong things they're thinking ahead they're thinking about these big cosmic crises as the temple of the lake is in this scenario rather than mm -hmm. focusing on the needs of the people of the lake they're like no no but we got to be ready for the lord of the lake if this is more about a religious context but if you were to have religions form up around this idea of the chosen one uh, you know which we have in in our world with the multiple messiah narratives that exist religious leaders could very well use this as a tool to get people on board because it is a very good way to get through difficult times by knowing that there is a reward coming right and i think it's a very human propensity to get very excited and put all of your hopes and faith in for for something changing for the better into one very specific idea mm -hmm. or or thing um even though that sometimes doesn't always work out and then you have to deal with what happens when it doesn't what if there's a chosen one chosen one comes chosen one fails yeah i i was just going there myself yeah so cho chosen one fails and, and and there's a book um by like like every like take all those internet things where it's like what if why did Voldemort have to be so extra and kill Harry with a spell he's a baby yeah like so there's a, <laughs> just throw him out a window um it's fucked up but it would have been better. yeah like uh yeah gotta finish the job um there's a book called Fate of the Fallen which I haven't read but I know it's about this concept about a chosen one who fails at their job um, and I'm assuming right. in that in the, that book series that they there's a redemption for them, but they were like a genuine chosen one who didn't do it right. But what? But how would society react to that chosen one if they're like if now they're walking the streets and everyone's like, 
I thought you were supposed to like save us. What were you doing this entire time? If you have evil overlord, there's a chosen one supposed to conquer them. So it's like much the Harry Potter Voldemort thing. Right. Then what if Voldemort wins, but it doesn't kill Harry and instead makes him like a thrall, I guess. Because you'd probably mm. want to send a message. Yeah, you maybe send a message, maybe just to be like, this is who you thought was chosen. This guy is nothing. He's a piece of shit. He's just he's licking my boots every day. That's it. That's all his existence is. He's nothing. Right. There is no replacing me. There is no chosen one. Then maybe you get into the concept of maybe it was just a false chosen one of he was supposed to win, but he just it, he was wrong. They, yep. they were wrong well, in thinking that it, it was Harry. It was supposed to be Ron or whoever. Well, I always, this is just side side note, but in my headcanon, I always secretly wanted um, Neville to, at the end, be the chosen one who, like, by, like, tripping and falling or something, he, you know, makes a rock fall on Voldemort and kills him or something like that, right? Like, where it actually was him the whole time, because that was the debate. Was it Harry or was it Neville? And I was like, yeah, it's great that Harry, great storytelling, put a bow on it. Good job. Last good thing JK did. Um, but I always secretly wanted Neville, like in his bumbling, like pure self yeah. to end up being the hero and then also free Harry from that burden of of being the hero. Right. Yeah. Um, because th the idea of a chosen one exists purely around prophecy. Someone is foretold. Someone is this this authority is put upon them both both physically in terms of like their capabilities be they mental spiritual magical physical whatever and societally there is a well-known well-established prophecy of a chosen one that leads people to treat that designated person with a special degree of respect um whatever it whatever it may yeah. be so okay right so I'm taking that a step further and it's not just respect, like idealizing. So say, yeah, say there's a chosen one for a threat that doesn't yet exist. So in this world, there is a chosen one that has been picked. We're going to call him um, Bartholomew. Bartholomew is, is the chosen one. Everybody knows this. They don't know for what, but they all believe it. They know there's a coming apocalyptic, cataclysmic event that he's going to need to lead humanity through so until that comes he is the most precious thing in the world mm. all of society is really focused on keeping bartholomew safe mm -hmm. but also they they can't necessarily limit his ability to grow and to become more competent so what do you do do you like we talked about this in Secret King, of do you do you mm -hmm. lock them in in a tower and have them be coddled, or do you let Bartholomew go and conquer the world, be an adventurer, go do the most impressive things possible to build up those skills? I don't know, but you're probably gonna have people who are like you're gonna be selling merchandise for Bartholomew, Bartholomew T-shirts and tankards, and uh, you can buy like banners with with his face on it and with with his sigil because he's so cool he's such a he's a hero he's a real badass he's he's the michael jordan of this world he is so marketable that's possible but i could very 
see also very much see it going the complete opposite way where you have a chosen one for a you know that's to stop or prevent a cataclysm that hasn't occurred yet if that was a well-known story and you discovered that the chosen one was born i can imagine a lot of people freaking the fuck out oh because they know it's coming shit you're right then that right exactly and so then suddenly you're like oh we gotta keep bartholomew fucking on the down low yeah like, oh, nobody okay. can know oh. this dude exists we gotta train him yes. but we gotta do it in fucking secret yes nobody knows and then because otherwise all of society's coming coming loose and this is of course assuming for, for the sake of argument that the chosen one is real like yeah. is actually a chosen one not just a prophecy gone wrong yeah. or or a a drunkard making vague claims noodles all right so this this is the scenario what you just said all that now the the we're gonna say the king knows of of this prophecy and they know bartholomew now exists and they're a competent king who says mm -hmm. shit i gotta prepare for that and names bartholomew this is an ordeal now he names bartholomew as his heir Be and bartholomew is not of his house not in his family just says shit he's gotta like i gotta put him in i gotta like or because how do you you, you if you are the king and you know this guy now exists you know this cataclysm is coming now you can go the other way of like they're gonna they're going to try to kill bartholomew they're gonna they're gonna like hunt him down they're gonna go the more evil cynical route but i'm going the uplifting right. route of they're gonna try to sneak bartholomew into the line to be like we have to make sure that if shit goes down bartholomew can take the reins because he he, he will save us but he needs to be empowered at that moment to do it so i'm gonna put him in in next in line to the throne and then um, that creates implications of now there's like a confusion the king is he going crazy he just named this random peasant to be the next in line and then you have like a attempt at usurpation maybe the king's son feels like completely cheated even though he knows even though they right even though he also knows. yeah but 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 he's like a spoiled little twat and is like i'm not gonna take that i'm going to war and then he creates the cataclysm and that's why bartholomew was even there was to save everybody from the king's son and it's a self-fulfilling self prophecy. Self prophecy but you, you could cut that part out too you could you could not have it be that but you create or you could just have it be general confusion like, yeah <clears throat> excuse me like in house of the dragon where yeah. there is you know the idea of a chosen one exists and I forget the king's name. Oh yeah, and um, Viserys like uh, Viserys, it isn't right. clear enough, and she mis mishears it, and it's the prophecy right. that she they only tell the, the 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 next in line knows. Right. Yeah. And so there's so like the ability, like understanding that yes, that instinct to withhold information could keep the world safe and prevent a crisis, but also has very significant impacts on the world because. You know the white walkers made some real progress before shit got handled well, and so i mean actually they didn't that's kind of the game of thrones is a really hard example to talk about in shows in one context because they botched the yeah. fuck out of it in the show and and george it's hasn't finished so, the books so, so, so yeah it's really bad but it's an interesting concept of like yeah the fact that they never shared this information is like a really great example of how you could make a, a chosen one have huge implications on a world because you should do exactly what house of dragon did or 
you do the inverse of throw it all out there. Everybody knows, and then people can manipulate that truth. So, you, oh, so you want to take over? Okay, well, just fabricate a truth about the chosen one that my son is the chosen one. And we have all this evidence to prove it. You have all these, these imposters coming up. And who is the, the true arbiter of who the chosen one is in those scenarios? Unless you're actually facing the crisis. It's probably like you brought up religious institutions before. It's probably a mm -hmm. religious institution. You know, we've already invoked the temple of the lake. So let's say it's the temple of the lake. The temple of the lake is the people who decide who, who the chosen one is. Now, if the temple of the lake has any, if any of their scruples are missing, they'll mm -hmm. probably just take whatever the biggest offer is. Whoever gives them the best power, the most money, the most whatever they want. Right. They'll, they'll, the they'll idea, endorse is anyone Is anyone truly invulnerable to corruption? Identifying those people that are and are not vulnerable to corruption within your world is what is going to dictate the those people that have power and how it is dictated, how it is how it is controlled, how it is released in into the world. So here's some noodles on the idea of the economics around it and what crops up. I'm thinking about something like, and I'm thinking about a, a world in which this is again idealized chosen one does exist right now they could be in the past they could be now whatever like the landmarking of their existence of their village is now like this tourist attraction of people go there to see this is where you know think about like how many people like travel to go see like george washington's house or like any of the founding fathers homes like the, they are tourist attractions because they're idealized to such a great degree. Now, if you're the chosen one and you've literally saved the world, your hometown, your childhood home, all of that becomes so precious. And you have an entire economy probably in like, assuming like a, fan, a fantasy society that's not hugely populous and the economies are quite limited. You'd have all these people who like built around this location to celebrate this chosen one's existence. That could create some interesting opportunities from like. Well, I mean, I mean, the the tourism industry in the Middle East is largely based on <laughs> real life chosen ones. Real life chosen ones. Yeah. It, it not it not ex, not exclusively, not entirely, but there is a not insignificant chunk of it that is. You know, come walk. You know, and I've been to the old city in Israel, mm -hmm. and it's come walk where Jesus walked. Right, like come yeah. put your feet where Jesus. You know, whether or not oh. you you would even see whether or not. It was real or not, but you would see people trying to monetize that all yep. over the place. We there's a museum in Turkey where they claim to have the beard hairs of Muhammad and uh, the the staff of Moses and all of these artifacts in there. And you're looking at them, and you're like, I didn't find them. I don't know. I'm tempted not to believe these are the real things, but it's yeah. is it theoretically possible? Sure. Yeah. The fuck well, am I to say, right? So you would saying. you would have this 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 you would have it be real because I I would imagine also that actually now that I'm speaking it out loud I wonder would you have a institution that is actually trying to distract people with these other fake things so that they stay away from the real stuff so that maybe the chosen maybe. one's hometown can live in peace and maybe. can you know would you have it be a bit of deliberate misinformation or okay interesting noodles on that the chosen one has not arrived yet the true chosen one has not existed but they are using misinformation to say that it 
that there was a chosen one. He solved, like, say there was like a major crisis that has been resolved. Nobody like in power believes that was the chosen one that like helped solve it, but they are promoting them as a chosen one. So everybody will be cool and chill out and they'll think that like the worst is over. Yeah, and, very wag the dog. Yeah. And like misinformation to create public calm, even though internally, like they're like, fuck, what is the real crisis coming? When is the chosen one coming? And they don't know. And then it doesn't hum. But using, I think the disinformation notion is really good from a um, promoting the chosen one. Because we talked about disinformation already about like who is the chosen one and yeah. people you, like lying about that for jockeying for position or whatever. But, you know, if, if all of, very conspiratorial, if all of society is being duped that the chosen one has arrived and, and they haven't. Or the chosen, or people saying that, you know, we talk about this also with Barfelli, like the chosen one, uh, is here and they're saying that they're not here yet don't worry about right. it like we're good because they don't want panic right it's either all, way all fine. depends on the, it depends on what the chosen one prophecy really is but you either way you can have implications on secrecy about it the example of harry potter is an interesting one because it's like he's a chosen one that because he was created after by the dark lord the timeline is not creating chaos necessarily because everyone's like well his existence voldemort's defeated because of him, he's the chosen one. Carry on. And then yeah. it comes back or whatever. I do have some other noodles in a completely different direction that I'd like to go. Go for if, it. If I may, which is the military side of things. If you know there's a chosen one, so we, we talked about people preparing for a chosen one, but say you have a militant group who's preparing for the chosen one. They are an army. They are doing a troop buildup. They are yeah. mercenaries. They're whomever. They are ready and willing to be the hammer for the chosen one because they want to conquer the world and they believe when they have the chosen one they can fucking do it mm -hmm. you, you have this massive military buildup from either an official government or like a third party so you like imagine a, like a giant mercenary company or a knightly order call back to the knightly orders sure sure you have a knightly order that is just building up and they've got just way more knights than everybody else. They're just way too fucking big because they're preparing for a chosen one. And they're like a bit of a nuisance because they're taking up tons of real estate. A ton of kids are going to pursue it. It might create a bit of a brain drain scenario. More sure. like a, It'll create a brawn drain because all of the capable like fighting men are going to join this knightly order because they believe they're going to conquer the world. It's like, yeah, I'll go join them. Fuck yeah, that'll be great. And so then the militaries of the like the armies that or the armies of all the kingdoms or governments that exist in this world are weaker by comparison to this third party who's preparing for this shit. That's interesting. And, then, and that that reminds me. We've seen this before in different media with. But they've typically always been secret societies, right? Like think about the Order of the White Lotus in in the last Airbender universe, where it just so happens to have the ten like most powerful benders that exist, minus the Avatar and the other main characters. And it's like, yeah, that's a lot of power in one specific spot, right? And it kind of leans into our fears about secret societies and people making decisions for us that we don't even know about and just being out of control in our own society. Mm -hmm. Um Doing it public is more interesting, though, because then it's more pressure. It creates very different power structures once the chosen one actually arrives. Yeah. And, and it's suddenly not a, it's not a really is it necessarily even about the chosen one anymore? No, it's 
Well, it's about the chosen one. It's about the chosen one being a reason to do something that you wouldn't otherwise do because you can gives you like much like any, you could just say it's some religious thing as well, but it's when, when the chosen one comes, they're going to need our help to take over the world, to make sure that they're empowered to do what they need to do as the chosen one. Right. So we're to preparing their task to complete their task. So we are doing this for the good of everybody. And so you don't need the chosen one for that, but it creates, it creates this, like you said, when the chosen one arrives, you, you have so many, all these pots are going to boil over at the exact same time in, in this society. And I think that's where like the implications of the chosen one come most obviously when the chosen one does exist and everybody knows about it. So how can you think about that ahead of time? And I think you'd have people preparing to, because people are going to prepare, they're going to use any excuse they, they can to do the thing that they want to do. And this creates great cover for, I want to conquer the world. And it's really, you could just be like, from a story perspective, there's like some general is in charge of this Navy order who just has like this huge ego and has dreams of being like the next great conqueror. And historically in this world, there could be an Aegon the Conqueror type character out of Song of Ice and Fire. Or some chancellor of the Republic. Yeah. Or like, just like take a real life Alexander, Alexander the Great and just say he wants to be a figure like that in this world. And this is his reason to, this is his excuse to do it. The chosen one, the chosen one is kind of irrelevant. He just wants to do it. And he's lied to everybody else. That, that's what, that's what's up here is that they're saving the world from with the chosen ones. Uh, they're, they're helping the chosen one save the world. And they're doing it and they're doing it in such a way that it makes it very, much more difficult for the chosen one to even know what is their specific role in all of this. And again, we're going back to Anakin, right? Like the interesting thing about Anakin Skywalker as a chosen one and, and the tragedy of his fall is that it was always about his potential because he was foretold and came about in a crisis at a time when a crisis didn't exist. It was this sort of looming yeah. thing. It's like, oh, we're going to bring the force back into balance. And, oh, so force really out of balance right now? What's what's going on? You know, yeah. he came in at a time when it was starting to be. It's why the narrative around Luke fits much more with an actual chosen one trope than yeah. the narrative around Anakin. Especially like the growing up on a farm part. Very chosen one. Anakin did too. It's more Oh, about good point. Yeah. He was actually- He grew up in a junk shop, didn't he? I mean, he grew up poor and I'm assuming yeah, in the middle fair, of nowhere. Fair, fair. It, yeah, it's it's, all it's more about like the context that he was born into. Anakin was born in a time of peace. Luke was born in a time of strife. Yeah. That's from a narrative storytelling perspective, that puts a lot more it changes the pressure on on Anakin as a chosen one because suddenly it's, well, what could he do? When will this challenge arise arrive? And that's what makes it difficult for him because everyone is kind of not sure what the fuck to do with him. Yeah. You know, Obi-Wan is like, I like you, you're my brother, but I'm also kind of training you out of obligation yeah. to Qui-Gon. Mace yeah. is just straight up, fuck this kid. Yoda <laughs> is Yoda. checked out. I don't yeah. know what the fuck he's doing and just yeah, being well, cold and oh, don't mourn your dead mother. How about you have some fucking humanity, brother? Like he's not a human. Um but how about you have some fucking empathy, brother? Like <laughs> There you go. You know what I mean? Like these well, types of things. And and so that's what ends up corrupting him is the, the fact that he negligence, the negligence around it. Right. Yeah. It's, well, it's almost the exact know... opposite of the attention or, or it is, or it is, you know, he did get attention, but he was not lauded as a chosen one. He, he like, he, he was lauded for his military ex 
exploits, which he could do because he was the chosen one, not because he was the chosen. Does that make, is that making sense? That last part doesn't make much sense to me, but I think the overall point makes a lot of sense, which is like the right enabling environment for the chosen one helps create the opportunity for them to be that when the time comes, because like we've been talking about it, like if the crisis doesn't exist, like if they're a chosen one and like, I think it was with Bartholomew way back when of like, he exists. We know that the crisis is coming at some point now because he exists. That's not good versus in the Anakin scenario is like they're almost like just denying they're in denial about the fact that there's a crisis coming because they're like and, and right. so they're like well, yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna help you we're not gonna enable you to be the best right. version of yourself because we don't right. care and fuck you and fuck you in particular yeah. because you actually you your existence is an existential threat yes. to us and I think that's a really good point is like the implications of this is who's reacting negatively to because you're an existential threat because humans and probably any intelligent species if you're doing elves or dwarves or whatever the fuck you want to do whatever yoda species yeah, is then you're going to have people who are going to be in denial about the reality of this situation who are just going to try Correct. to cling on to power to do the dumb thing because it keeps it's like a short-term success for them they're not right. interested right it, and this is about the they're short-sighted they're they're not focused on the long term. Yeah. well and completely. it's about the tone of the world because like again if, if you set it as an optimistic tone, then maybe that's not the reaction. But if you set it as a more cynical tone, then yeah, that's absolutely the reaction to this. I, I completely agree with that. And I think that's also very, you get, you get that level of manipulation out of self-interest, but I love, you and I, I remember distinctly watched a lot of The Legend of Korra season three out on your patio. <laughs> COVID 2020, going, baby. COVID 2020 going back to which by the way folks we are still recording from separate places right now because i have yeah. COVID, and he's on paxlovid so he's having a fun and day. i'm on paxlovid and i'm feeling better but it is weird let yeah, me tell you are, please take care of your yourself got to, got to um, i didn't get COVID, so we're, you did well not this time you got yeah four, but i avoided this time but which is good so yeah, yeah. you did yeah, yeah. Mazel. yay um but the thing that i loved about the third season of Avatar Korra. was that, oh, thank you, of Korra, was that the Red Lotus, you know, Zaheer and Gazan and his whole, and and that whole crew, um, Pali and Mingwa, I think, were, they were opposed to a chosen one, not out of self-interest. Truly, they thought they were being altruistic. They never wanted to be in charge. Yeah. They never thought, like, we do this better. They're like, this is, like, you are you are part of a system that keeps people down. Your existence is morally wrong. And that is a fascinating dynamic yeah. where it is not driven by self-interest. It is not driven by power or greed or lust or insert whatever fucking deadly sin yeah. you want. It is moral outrage. Yeah. How the fuck dare you perpetuate systems that keep people down? Fuck you. We're going to kill you and break the cycle. There would be people like that in this world. We see that now. We see that coming up when anytime we see a political figure rising up, it's why there are so many different conceptions over the nature of Jesus. So was Jesus a conqueror? Was Jesus a pacifist? Right? Like, because different people have different needs and they they fixate on these figures. Uh, a criticism that I, that I saw of don't look up is that you're implying that something like this is should be like resolved by one person that Zaheer is like it's mm. it's the yeah. more outrage at at the fact that you're everybody is pushing off their own responsibilities to solve a problem to 
one singular solution delivered by one singular individual so they don't have to give a shit so like Zahir right. and them are also kind of getting at that of like why does this world rely on you to solve its problems why don't we solve our own fucking problems for once it's it's the lex luther logic sure, again yeah. of why lex luther hates superman and it is again you're looking at it, you're like lex you ain't wrong yeah. man like you're kind of being a dick about it but you ain't yeah. wrong like like it all just comes back it's, it's why one of the most applicable lines in in movie writing is no walter you're not wrong you're just an asshole <laughs> that, from the big Lebowski. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a great line, and it, I think it would work really well because if you have a chosen one, they're probably going to be a cocky asshole. Like it's gonna be it's potentially because really, okay, take child star concept. I think that's kind of going to be the, the options here. Is you're either going to have the person that ends up really well adjusted and everyone's kind of surprised. The Talis and Jaffe of the world, like where you're like, I get it. I, I reject this. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm doing my own. Yeah, thing. or like look at like Neil Patrick Harris, who like has been famous like he was a child star and still famous and seemingly turned out like a very nice guy uh and very very normal yeah. or you go like the Lindsay lohan version that you really don't handle it well and or Bieber. yeah well and i think bieber's become around to it a little bit but however you want you, you want to play it out it's like mm, i don't know i, I stopped i don't him. follow him but I, I i've seen him like be a little bit more like apologetic realizing he was like a being or being a real mm. douche because uh, of course he was he's cocky as hell for plenty of good well, reasons he was also 12 i mean arrested development is a statement for reals yeah. it's it's it, 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 it also has its own show yeah. for a reason so in a world where like i imagine if it's a fantasy world parenting is not going to be a super advanced art in the way that like where, where people there are like psychologists running around telling you like how to help raise your child and you don't really have this level of fame in most fantasy settings so how do people re respond to it is going to be a lot harder like it's like it's an interesting question of the psychology of that chosen one and what that puts back into the society if they're a real douchebag and famous for it everyone's going to be like i fucking hate the chosen one just like can we have the crisis you can do your thing and then move on or are right. or, or, you know like how are people going to react to them on a personal level but i do have other noodles uh, i'm just I, i'm a pasta making machine today i i'm thinking about the notion of the hunger games and squid game and i haven't seen squid game i should like i want to watch it but i'm not great at watching shows that are in four languages because i don't love reading my screen for subtitles like i just because then i'm not mm. watching performances or watching the background i'm just reading and that mm. i feel like that detracts and i I'm, and i it's where we are sure. the concept of okay take the dragon reborn from the wheel of time they know it's one of four kids born in this town they're all friends it's one of these four. It's pretty obvious who it is, but like it's one of these four. They, they know that. Now put that on a bigger scale. Say in this society, we know all it is a child born in this year will be the chosen one, but we don't know who. Now some genius is like, okay, we can figure it out. We will have trials. We will have... Uh, on their 18th birthday or whatever, whenever they're old enough for it to matter, they're to be capable to do it. They'll have like a, a massive games that is like 18 trials, one for every year of their life that they have to do. And whoever comes out of that must be the chosen one. And so, so not, not like the, not like the passive Dalai Lama test, you mean? Correct. Like an active okay. test. And not necessarily with, with deadly consequences. Anybody can back out at any time, but if they're the chosen one, they would never back out. So, like, obviously it's going to work out. 
and then you just have like this whole world really focused on this thing of like this Hunger Games type event, but with a with a much more optimistic outcome tone. With what they're looking for is like they're not trying. They don't want them to die. If they die, if anyone dies, or they must not have been the chosen one. They want to test these people, and I, I bring this idea up because I think it also makes for a really good like RPG campaign of your party are all doing this chosen one trial thing. You're like one party within, and there's like four or five other equivalent number of people mm-hmm. in this thing, all trying to succeed. So you're like somewhat competing, mm-hmm. but you're somewhat together. I think that could, that could maybe work. No, that could, and that that would be an interesting. The idea of a test to determine a chosen one, I think you're right. I think if there were a prophecy of some sort, I think people would be doing everything in their power for the reasons we've already discussed, the potential for power or control to figure out who that person was super early on. And I think we would see child tests like we have with the Dalai Lama, or there was that test that they did in the piece of shit Avatar movie, the the last airbender movie where, you know, he made the rock stand up just by being near him. The fucking dumbass piece of shit, awful movie. Um, I really feel, but, but it was, but you know, these, there is precedence for Mm -hmm. these things. I think we would also probably start seeing some sort of like pageant parent thing where <laughs> absolutely yeah you'd have pageant parents right where oh God. where like if there is a national or international test where people are like okay go, go you're gonna now remember remember child you're gonna you're gonna pick the golden toy they're like training their infant to come off so that they can be selected as a chosen one because they want them to well either either get out of a shitty situation it could be altruistic or it could be just completely, completely evil. I mean, like, no, we want the fucking power. We want well, to manipulate and shadow. Okay, but shadow manipulate. You'd have, the, the you'd have some people doing that. Absolutely. And I think that's a really interesting concept. And I, I like love it. I think if you could also have it, you could, again, it's all about the tone of like a more optimistic society, or you could just, you could split the tone. There's optimists and there's cynics, cynics in every society. But you have the people who would say, I, I don't think my, my child is the chosen one. And I don't want to mislead society by putting them in that position. I don't want any, I want the real chosen one because I want my child to be secure in the future when the chosen one has to step up. And if it's my child, they're going to fail and we're all dead. We're all like, so it's, it, and then it gets back to the, like the short term um, reward element. But it's also the misguided element of like some people might truly believe that their kid is that and then they're pushing it hard and some people might be just yeah in, in there for the opportunities or however like I, like we've talked I think a lot about the public chosen one con- prophecy. Well, yeah. Well, and I think the reason that is is because from a yeah. world building perspective, if it is smaller, it is there are just fewer impacts on the yeah. world. Well, so and I I want to see if we can come, if we can think about any impacts that the the private like the smaller version would have, other than like a cabal existing to try to look for them. This assuming that a cabal just would exist because that's sort of where I'm at is that there would be a cabal that was existing that was trying to get its hands on this child that was a really freaky sentence i did not like saying that, that <laughs> wow was, but so I, I i think if we just assume that yes these cabals would exist i think that we would also see i think we would also probably 
everything that we've seen publicly, we would see happen internally, yeah. right? Like there, yes, there would be tests. I think that there would be, they would just be more clandestine, right? There would probably be a department mm -hmm. of the the department of the C of COO of chosen one operations. Yeah, I, th yeah, right? I, I, I think you've got like right? an NSA style in, like yeah. intelligence organization that their whole the COO or whatever uh, is going around trying like being very spy on their people. And you might cre yeah. okay some noodles on that. You basically create a totalitarian society because the yeah. people in power don't want anyone to know about the chosen one prophecy because they don't want to jinx it. So the, like their totalitarian mm -hmm. or cause panic. panic, their totalitarianism like is because they are trying to like, they're, they're like the, the, they're like the bubble boy parents. They're just like, yeah. oh, we have to keep you as safe as possible because like you don't know what's coming and, and we don't want you to get hurt. So we're going to like not let you have any freedoms and we're going to monitor you every which way. And and yeah. for, for everyone's you are aware, literally the most important person yeah. in the world. And also like for anyone who isn't fully aware of like what totalitarianism is, look that up specifically because it's not the same as authoritarianism. I think the most interesting version of totalitarianism from like an academic perspective is in the Soviet Union, bar none. Creating a society that is like the secrecy of, of the prophecy is creating these these impacts on the rest of society because they're not allowed to know about the prophecy. And everything has to be kept so locked up because if one inkling of it were to come out, then it would just all be chaos. Or it could be one of those things where like it's out there, but it, it seems like an old wives tale, like some just some bullshit, like no one believes it except people in power know it to be true or they just fully believe all right it. let's dive into that a little bit because that's interesting in up until now we've been talking about people like assuming that the chosen one was real we have not yet gotten into what would happen about people who are like nope it's a lie not true yeah like fucking han solo called the jedi knights like hokey religions like no they were objectively real bro like, yeah, you know, and that was only after 30 years or whatever of Palpatine, I'm sure, trying to quash down existence about the Jedi. And just in the same way that it was not an open secret that that Vader and Anakin were the same person. Right. So that alone, you would have people shutting down any information about the, this chosen one coming up and creating all this distrust so you would have people that believe and then you would have other people being like that's a myth the fuck are you talking about yeah. like hokey religions ain't no match for a good blaster at your side like han solo is a very natural reaction to stories about chosen ones yes han solo is a perfect example of a counter like a, a reaction and a counterpoint to chosen ones existing for a while or the concept of a chosen one existing for a while Especially if one, and, and this is also similar to what we've seen in real life, you know, people losing faith in the idea of a Messiah. It's like, well, if there is a chosen one, the fuck are they? Yeah. And like, shit, is shit not bad enough yet? How much work? No, nope, must not be real. Fuck it. I'm not waiting. I'm in control of my own life. Fuck yeah. This like, shit. All it takes is one, like, so you have one major war, you know, in this world, which will make people just disbelieve it. Like, well, and that happened. I mean, the number of, the number of, of, Jews that lost faith after the Holocaust was huge. 
All right. Well, I think we're probably both out of noodles. I think I think your COVID brain also probably could use a use a break. Um, so what's stuck? It's already started taking one. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it doesn't get to go quite yet. At least tell us what's stuck for you. Oh, tape glue. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think for me, I I like maybe it's a recency bias thing, but I'm still kind of stuck on the idea of, of Han Solo and like people just straight yeah. up not not believing in it and needing yeah. proof and needing. I think that's a that's such a basic and easy sociological phenomenon that's worth exploring, particularly in the dynamics, not just of the world and, and designing factions and shit like that, but just building out a core group of characters. It, it speaks to the implications on like the psychology of everybody in a society. If they're yeah. all like, if they all become jaded and are like, oh, come on. Yeah. Even though being jaded as, as we discussed in the face of tragedy is a very natural response. Um, I also, will always love a good cabal like someone who is just we are keeping this shit on lockdown we are going to take this child we are going to again it spooks me to say these things but like i think they're those are just always insidious the more insidious a faction is the the more fun it is to to describe and so anything like that yeah it, it has such wide-ranging implications from how do you start testing people without their knowledge and it's creepy and but it's 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 you could noodle on that forever so yeah. that's that's me what about you for me the probably the biggest thing sticking out is the the knightly order that's building up a, a military in pursuit like in to back up a chosen one when they come but doing it for their own purposes and mostly because i'm thinking about the implications that that would have on every other government every military is watching them with like very wearily like just imagine like a mercenary company that becomes so big and so powerful that every standing army becomes a little scared of them and because yeah. uh, i also like the idea of like the brawn drain of just what the most you know impressive fighting people are going to do this because they want to fight and this is the best place to do it because they're going to conquer the world i right. i like that the again it's more about like the idea like of people just projecting on yeah. a public figure right? yeah well and then i i specifically like the idea of like the political strife that that will create and the alliance that that would probably create among governments to be like fuck we have to deal with with the these chosen one knights they're really becoming a problem before the chosen ones even here they're already they're built up too much or something i don't know i i like that idea a lot um so that one's probably the one that stuck the most for me well that's what stuck for us let us know what stuck for you thanks for listening Bye. Don't get COVID.